democracy will never be defeated. Democracy is non-negotiable. Primary directive, war. talk about books 9 through 11 of the Iliad. Um, I, I thought a good place to start would be the uh, the Embassy of Achilles. Um, so I, I think there's an interesting question he ends up getting about dying in Troy. So we sort of get his, his prophecy that if he stays there, he will die, but he'll obtain glory forever. Um, and if he goes home, he his name will fade from history, but he'll live a long and happy life. And he comes to the conclusion that he's willing to go home anyways. So I'm just kind of curious what you guys... You only want to start there because you don't want to talk about Odysseus's war crimes. Odysseus didn't commit any <laughs> war crimes. They were soldiers sleeping on a battlefield, and that means you die, okay? Mm, sleeping? Yeah. They were sleeping? Yeah, they were sleeping. What the fuck do you think happened? They were sleeping in the middle of the battlefield. That's the whole point. There was no guard, so he comes by and stabs him, as he should have. I guess we'll save that for later, huh? No, 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 no. Fuck you. We'll, we'll do it now. <laughs> Wait, no, I actually liked your question. No, fuck you. <laughs> Odysseus, Odysseus and war crimes, all right? You know, I guess the broader question is what morals govern war. It, that's kind of the big question that we're circling around. And it seems like this is something that I would be horrified to hear any modern soldier doing. I guess I take your point that they're soldiers on a battlefield, so different rules apply to them. But there's, man, they're sleeping. What? Why would you be horrified to find out a modern soldier killed an enemy who's sleeping on a battlefield? You would be fucking stupid it's not to. There's there's no feels... there's no like law of war that says like oh you're sleepy no no fighting now. But it feels like there are laws of humanity that say that. Not really, not. And it doesn't seem to me. No, no laws of humanity that say don't kill your sleeping enemies. That makes no sense. What like what? Why would I not take an opportunity to kill somebody who's sleeping when I know for a fact he's going to take the battlefield tomorrow and try to kill me? It's pretty cowardly. It is pretty cowardly. Okay, but, like, battles aren't won by, like, being the most noble and upstanding person. Some battles are. No, but if you're fighting for glory, um, it feels like you're doing a little oopsie. Well, I think I might dispute the characterization that that's what, you know, Odysseus is doing. Well, what would you say he's doing? At this point, I think Odysseus just wants to go the fuck home. I mean, that, but he could. He could, but yeah. He's got shit. I mean, he's obligated. He could leave. Well, he's not as he's not as sort of a independent. Well, I guess I don't know. I was to say he's not necessarily as independent as Achilles, but it doesn't sound like a good way of describing Odysseus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole book. Yeah, there's there's like a anyway. there might be a follow up to this that would disprove that. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but I, I'm curious, Gil. Why, why is it that you think he should not have killed the sleeping soldiers? I'd like to say that there are human rules that supersede war rules. You know, uh, hmm. obviously there's a different moral code that you abide by when you engage in battle, but there are still some things that place checks on what you can do. And, you know, I'm not an expert on what constitutes a war crime. I'm sure there are technical uh, restrictions. But there are. I can tell you for it... a fact this is not a war crime. <laughs> Thanks, James. Yeah. I appreciate that. Perhaps if I were the one defining war crimes, I would <laughs> But the point being that it seems like in order to preserve the humanity of people who fight, there needs to be an understanding that what happens on the battlefield is a part of the behavior of while well, you're at war, but it is restricted to the battlefield. And, you know, there's a lot of arguing you can do about how far that extends, when that extends, whether it's just a, a location or whether it's a time. But it feels like there should be an understanding that the, the human side of morality doesn't just go away when you engage in war. Well, I might agree with you with Dolan. Um, hmm. when they, when they behead him, he's not a combatant anymore. You know, he's surrendered. Okay. He's given up. He's a prisoner of them. Um, mm -hmm. I think they have an obligation to not have killed him. I think that's, that, yes, that's that a would war be, crime. That, that's, that, <laughs> that is, that is a, definitely a war crime. That's a crime. pretty big war crime. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of those, uh, going to the Hague style war crimes. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't necessarily buy that for the sleeping soldiers aspect of it. I mean, they're combatants in this war. They're going to take the battlefield the next day. I mean, would you argue you're not allowed to kill a soldier who's running away either? It, it As long as they're... Kind of. <laughs> why? You've already won if they're running away. They, no, you haven't. No? No, because they haven't given up. I mean, some... Well, I mean, like, I guess it's not a it's not a specific enough circumstance for me to say if I would well, judge that morally. I mean, if we can look at the the course of the war so far, I mean, the way the battles go is that one side, you know, gets the gods to back them and they they go on the offensive. The other side runs away, then that side gets the, you know, regains heart and pushes back. Them running away is just a way to come back the next day and fight again. Running away doesn't imply mm -hmm. that like you're no longer a combatant in this affair. It just means you're trying to save yourself in that moment, which I'd argue is different from what occurs with Dolan. Okay, well, what about when um, he's got a lot of those rich guys who are like, my daddy will pay you, please don't <laughs> kill me. And then he um, does it anyway. What yeah, do you, what do you yeah. I mean, I that? think those are good examples of the brutality. I can't remember the guy's name, but when he's clutching at Menelaus's feet, um, yeah, and Agamemnon comes over and tells his brother to, you know, stop being so soft, soft hearted and just stab the guy. And I think that's a good example of like where this behavior starts. Um, but I think the the Dolan episode is sort of a more brutal version of that where he's, you know, sort of to an extent cowardly giving away the positions of all of his friends to save himself. And he's sort of pleading and just gets his head lopped off. Despite the promises made by Odysseus and uh, Diomedes that they would let him live. Yeah. Hmm. 
I mean, I think that to me is is where that dividing line is that he's no longer a combatant. You don't think that this part that diabetes says is pretty convincing? You know, escape, take my advice and wipe it from your mind. Good as your message is, you're in my hands now. What if we set you free or you should slip away? Back you'll slink to our fast ships tomorrow, playing the spy again or fighting face to face. I don't necessarily think his logic is wrong. I mean, that is, for what it's worth, one of the reasons why some of these war crimes are committed. Um, it doesn't make it right, however. I think there's there's a... You know, there's a separate relationship involved in surrendering and giving up um, than maybe killing somebody in their sleep. Hmm. But so what makes the situation with Dolan different from what you suggested that, you know, to kill a soldier running away is, is admissible? A soldier running away hasn't surrendered. I mean, if you're running away, you're retreating, for instance. It's, you know... It's being done so that you can come back and fight again. When the Trojans run away in the battle, it's not they're running away so they never fight again. They're running away so they can regroup and then rejoin the battle. Um, so that, I think, is like the key difference, is that they're not, they're not giving themselves up, I think, to use sort of modern parlance. Hmm. Uh, versus sleeping isn't... Yeah, but I mean, if you... You know, it, if you take that farther, you can say that Dolan giving himself up is just a way to get out of his current bind. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's what you're doing when you're surrendering. You know, it's it's so you don't die. Um, but it's with the implication or sort of, and this is another reason why you don't commit war crimes, but it, it's with a certain understanding and a certain trust that that is being taken in good faith. Um, it's why a false surrender in war is also a war crime. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you think that it's the... How to frame this question? What gives it the power as an agreement? Like, is it contractual? Is that something that we've agreed to as nations who fight each other? Or is that individual faith in the promises that people make when they surrender? I mean, in, in modern times, it is a law. Mm. We've agreed to that sort of as nations. That in the conduct of a war, these are, you know, things that you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Um, in the context of Iliad, I think it's maybe more complicated. But there's also a certain expectation here, at least, that's implicit. That's a sort of contract that, you know, prior to this, we have tons of examples of people being captured and ransomed in good faith. So something clearly changes in the conduct of this war. Um, and we can clearly see that it has changed. There's an expectation, at least, that a surrender is taken in good faith. And they're not being, you know, reciprocal. Hmm. And I guess, like, you know, sort of maybe looking ahead to, to Hector's um, eventual, you know, mutilation at the hands of Achilles... It, it does escalate more so. So there's sort of unspoken norms that are being overtaken. Mm -hmm. I don't even necessarily say unspoken. I think most people seemingly have the expectation that if captured or if surrendering, they won't be killed at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Versus, I mean, the sleeping soldiers, um, you know, they sort of make a point that they're not 
putting up guards at night. You know, I don't think there's really any expectation that they wouldn't be killed in their sleep. This is mostly just their fault for being lazy. So they're just not supposed to sleep ever? No, you, you, well, I mean, if you look at sort of what they're questioning Dolan about, you know, it's, it's where in your wine do you not have guards posted at night? Who isn't taking proper precautions? And that's how they know to go after these guys. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's obviously an expectation in wartime that you have guards posted at night so people can't do this. I don't think there's an expectation that, you know, oh, hey, nighttime, no more fighting, guys. You know, we do that during the day only. That, that seems a bit... Mm absurd i don't know i feel like you could argue that the unguarded units do have some sense of expectation that they're not going to be slaughtered in their sleep maybe they're apparently well they are wrong but (laughs) 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 yeah i guess my question is is why is this Mm, so fair maybe this is necessary in war maybe this is admissible but it's also celebrated in this context. It's something that brings Odysseus and Diomedes glory. And I could very easily see this being framed as a necessary evil, like, you know, to the end that we are trying to achieve, this is something that had to happen. But it's not just that. It's an act that wins them renown. And I think that might be where I think that it would differ in a modern context. Because it might be, again, admissible, but I don't think that we would view this as something that is brave, courageous. We almost absolutely would see this as brave and courageous. Okay, let's let's stop and pause at the word we. <laughs> <laughs> Who's we? You might. <laughs> okay. Well, I would. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of good examples from from Ukraine of similar behavior where the Ukrainians have have managed to take advantage of Russians sleeping and not manning their lines correctly and, you know, not doing basic soldierly tasks. And, yeah, they're they're very well celebrated for it. It's it's viewed as a, a highly successful, you know, operation, a highly successful use of force because, you know, they, they managed to kill more people and they managed to not suffer casualties. That's really the core of what's going on is that Diomedes and Odysseus conduct this raid, you know, slaughter these troops and a king and make off with their stuff without suffering any loss themselves. I don't think you could really ask for much more out of a raid. Hmm. So you think that the only thing by which you judge these actions in wartime is losses? I, like anything that is done with the least amount of casualties is good. That's effective with the least amount of casualties, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think like at the end of the day, what's the counter argument to that? You know, that they should have waited until daytime, lost 50 soldiers of their own to, to accomplish this because I don't know. Hmm. It just seems like a really sharp contrast, though, to the way they all these heroes speak when they're in one-on-one combat. Mm. Like, it's always like, oh, I'll stand my ground. I don't care how outnumbered I am. It's cowardly to run. You'd think some of that would apply to the situation that uh, there's no fight 
at all. Like, you're just slaughtering these people. They have no warning. I don't know. There's definite. It definitely seems like there is another form of judgment by which they, their actions are like taken into consideration. That is kind of thrown out the window here. Is that is that a general thing, or is that more particular to certain heroes? I mean, I, I'd say this behavior doesn't really strike me as being compatible with someone like Achilles, who has very idealized notions of what war is and ought to be or maybe somebody like hector but i mean i'll be honest this sort of fits pretty well with the character type of odysseus well odysseus gets surrounded and he has the opportunity to like turn and run and he's like nah i'd rather die than people know that i fled a battle yeah chapter 11 or 10 or which like i mean from other like i don't know if it's from stuff we've read so far but odysseus is definitely like a scrappier (laughs) individual (laughs) than like achilles for sure um i don't know it just seems odd i agree with cleo that this is like yeah it's effective yeah you stopped some like lesser known and like not as good fighters from being killed the next day but you also did just slaughter an entire company of men in the dark in their sleep and now you are acting like you're some great war hero (laughs) i i mean i guess i I think there's probably more gray area to this than i'm giving it um you know maybe to use a common or a more modern example you know say chemical weapons um yeah you can employ them and it will kill people, but at very little loss to yourself. But we all agree not to use them because the the horror of their effects. Um, so there are areas in which, you know, we say that just because it's effective and just because it works, there is something, you know, innately wrong about it. I don't think it really applies here. I think if you're sleeping without guards on a battlefield, you're a fucking idiot. And, you know, that's kind of your own problem. But I, I could I, I, I could see more gray area to this than maybe I'm giving it. I just, uh, I kind of feel like bedtime is sacred. <laughs> okay. Again, I like sleeping too. But, it, like, again, not in war. Don't don't they a couple times, like, there's definitely, like, quotes from uh, Paris and stuff where they're like, oh, well, it's nighttime, so see y'all tomorrow. That does happen. Like, three times. (laughs) They're like, oh, sunsetting, (laughs) bye-bye, y'all. Like, let's gather our dead and meet you back on the battlefield in the morning. Yeah, that is is one of the, the common... Um, occurrences is the recovery of the dead at the end of the battle and things like that. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think that's mutually exclusive with what's going on here, though. Because, um, because mm. again, like they they are posting guards. There is an expectation that like this isn't just it, like it's there's there isn't like a timeout because like a certain hour was hit. If it wasn't for the fact that guards were posted and there was patrols. And it was there was an expectation that people were going to engage in this sort of activity. Maybe I would agree more, but as it stands, I, I don't know. It's not how I would want to die. I can say that much. Um, 
I really don't want to be stabbed to death in my sleep. Is that how you would want to do murder? If I had to do murder, it's it's up there. I'd prefer to use a drone, like all things considered. But <laughs> if you had to do murder in the audit in the Iliad, would you rather um, would you rather be glorious on the battlefield or sneaky in the dark? Oh, uh, sneaky in the dark every fucking time. <laughs> well, he has an Odysseus tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think he's gonna say? Yeah, that's true. So. I personally liked when he cut that dude's arms off and let him roll down the hill like a log. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> moment. <laughs> I really do love that it's man. Not... He's so great. I think that's the real thing is that I don't have an issue with the brutality. It just has to be comical enough for me to be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so long as you're doing it for the bit, it's fine. Yeah, it's if you you know, come on. Odysseus is extremely committed to his fucking bit, alright? There's there's never oh, been a shadier yeah. fucking human being in existence. <laughs> Interesting that he's so pious. Well, depends what you mean by pious. He loves Athena. But Yeah, that is pretty much what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, there is something interesting to his relationship with Athena. It's probably better to talk about that in the, the Odyssey. But he probably has the most personal relationship to a god of anybody in the Homeric mm-hmm. epics. Well, the whole war is um, going on as long as it is because Zeus loves Hector. But Zeus, you know, doesn't come down to the battlefield and, like, hang out with Hector. Like... That's like, Athena is always there with Odysseus. She's always mm-hmm. influencing what he does. Like, they're just kind of... Yeah. Especially in the Odyssey, where they're basically just, like, friends who go on a road trip together. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's big facts. I mean, is there anything, like, special about Odysseus in this, at least? Sneaky. But so is Diomedes, though. I mean, that's that's the part of it maybe that doesn't fit as well, is that Diomedes shares so many characteristics with Achilles and sort of being that archetype of, like, a, you know, a heroic warrior. But this is actually his idea anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting. Which I think goes more to, like, the idea that this is normal behavior if someone like Diomedes is engaging in it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't get the sense that this is at all particularly gruesome or out of character or inadmissible. It just, to me, it reads as, oh, okay, wow, they really, yep, in their sleep. Does it make a fucking difference, though? I mean, like, look, turn to, like, book 11, and we look at people getting stabbed in the face. I would prefer to get stabbed in the face than in my sleep. Clearly, you wouldn't fight in a battle anyways. <laughs> That's true, because <laughs> I value my life. I would. Achilles says, you know, everyone's going to die. Why work to exhaustion? And you know what? I agree. Okay, Achilles was kind of real for that, but that's, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I think it is probably interesting to talk about Achilles at this point. Um Yeah. You know, for for somebody who is so wrapped up in, you know, his heroism, his glory, his name, you know, all that stuff. 
that he does decide to go home, you know, is it is it just pure spite? Or, or does he genuinely sort of believe that it's just not worth dying at Troy, you know, to have a name that lives forever? Well, do you think he actually decides to go home? I do. Hmm. Um, maybe. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Bro, I just, it's like, okay, if you had actually decided you were going home, you would have gone home. Yeah. But, he, but your ass is on that goddamn beach where you, where we left you <laughs> 11 chapters ago. He, Playing the liar. I love Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Sing along by the campfire. Yeah, they're just having a fun little camping trip, huh? <laughs> yeah. Just two bros not doing anything gay. They were, they're really good friends. <laughs> And they always kept their socks on. <laughs> hey, you know, it's only gay if the balls touch, so. Uh, thanks, Swan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But, I mean, yeah, I, I guess, look, I'll take the side that he really does want to go home. Um, mm. I, I think the thing that's keeping him here was some sense of obligation to his friends, something like that. But at this point, you know, he's given them fair warning to just go the fuck home, get back on their ships. There's no point in staying anymore. You know, at that point, you might argue that he's sort of fulfilled his obligation. He gave them notice he's leaving. They can just leave, too. He put in his two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that is interesting about why he decides to go home that I don't really understand is this line uh, 740 in mine and he's responding to Phoenix and he says you know Phoenix has been like you will have such great honor if you accept these gifts that Agamemnon is offering and you fight in response and he says you know Phoenix old father bred and loved by the gods what do I need with honor such as that I say my honor lies in the great decree of Zeus so that's kind of interesting to me because it suggests that it's not even really in his actions that his glory lies, but in his birth, which I didn't think was really a characteristic of his glory. Because, of course, you know, the other part of it is that he's been offered this deal, which is you stay at Troy, you fight at Troy, you die, but you live forever in fame versus you go home and you die as an unknown man. So I wasn't quite sure what he meant when he said, I say my honor lies in the great decree of Zeus. I mean, I, I suppose maybe it's in the sense that like everything that he does is faded in some way. He only really has one choice to make, and that's whether or not he stays at Troy. But his fate is already decreed. He knows how it ends based upon that choice that he makes. Yeah, I suppose I see what you mean. And I guess the honor that Agamemnon is offering is an honor of wealth and of of commerce kind of because he's getting all these gifts for going to fight. Whereas he doesn't really care about that. He only cares about honor in regards to his actions and glory on the battlefield. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like from, from Achilles perspective, that's all fairly trivial. You know, I mean, what is, what does Menelaus really have to offer him? You know, his, his participation in this war, his, his ultimate, you know, reward if he stays at Troy is some form of immortality. Um, mm. 
And I think that, you know, would far like trump anything that Menelaus really has to offer to him. Hmm. But I guess in the other sense, it's very interesting that he's not willing to stay there and die and live forever and sort of fame for the wrong reasons, maybe. Hmm. Say more about that. Well, I mean, I guess like the reason he's going home and choosing to, to have a nice, fulfilling life is that the reason he should rejoin the fight is because he's being offered gold and because Agamemnon is begging him to come back. You know, it's a sort of material reward that doesn't mean much of anything. He would be going back into the fight to die forever because he got a gold tripod. It doesn't really seem <laughs> consonant with, with embarking upon that. Hmm. I don't know if that's fair. Yeah, I, I, no, that sounds right. I'm on Willow's side that I don't think he was ever going to leave, but I don't really have any textual evidence. It's just kind of the vibe that I get. Well, he's definitely delaying the whole fucking thing. He could have left much earlier. Right. It just also doesn't make sense to me that he would have come at all if he didn't always intend on finishing what he started. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Agamemnon kind of dissed him, but, like, that's really all it took for you to, like, change your entire, like, set of values and abandon all of your friends and run away from a fight. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think he wanted to throw a little pity party for himself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's certainly part of it, but Achilles is, you know, maybe a bit pissier than the average person. I do think he's the funniest guy. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Truly just having a little party on the beach. You guys, good luck out there. Couldn't be me. Yeah. It truly could not be him. It truly could not be him. He's got a liar and a boyfriend to sing to. They're, they're good friends. <laughs> yeah, they're Sorry. boy friends. A boy who is a friend to sing to. <laughs> and they sleep together, whatever. Don't. It's not weird. Weird. always weird. romantic. They're just cuddling for Sometimes warmth. You just sleep with people. <laughs> oh, Achilles. Um, so, I think another interesting bit from book nine is. Uh, Agamemnon tries to run away again. Um, I don't know if uh, you know, Willow, you kind of want to talk about that. Yeah, like it's at the very, very beginning, like second paragraph. Um, Agamemnon's like having his own pity party. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, guys, like what are we going to do? You know what? Let's just get in our ships and, and go home. And unlike last time when he did this and everybody was like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> now all of a sudden everybody's like, come on, Agamemnon. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, let's come on. Let's go to our battle. Um, so it's just kind of like a weird shift in attitude. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you would say like 
sense of duty has changed or anything, but maybe you would. Maybe we could talk about that. <laughs> I'm just curious why they don't fall for his little tricks this time, or if he actually is trying to trick them again this time. Like, what's going on? I mean, is it possible? He's that... also trying to. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, it's... Go ahead. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if this is a little reverse psychology situation. Um, because, you know, Agamemnon sucks, but <laughs> he's got intentions for Troy. So I, I thought that maybe he was trying to, like, like, provoke them into staying, being like, we could be cowards and run away. And they have to be like, no, we're not going to do that. But last but time they were like, fuck yeah, dude, let's <laughs> do that shit. <laughs> Yeah, and they're actually, like, in a much worse position this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is possible that Agamemnon is just kind of incompetent, you know? I think it's not only possible, but plausible. <laughs> he did murder his daughter. That's pretty yeah, He did murder his daughter just to get some fucking wins, so he might not be the most... <laughs> and then he didn't even get his win, did he? He did get his win. Oh, I thought it was like Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Good Stannis Baratheon reference. Thank you. I just watched that season. <laughs> you just now got to season, what, like five of Game of Thrones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if I were you, I'd stop there. Don't don't get to the end. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I know. <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry, Cleo, you non-fan. Yeah. It's okay. She doesn't know what's going on. I live vicariously for you too. Is there like one piece of pop culture you understand? Um, I'm getting better at Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. only through osmosis from James. Yeah. Isn't that how all pop culture knowledge gets transmitted? Yeah. I read mine in the news. <laughs> in the news. <laughs> Pretty good. Oh. Actually, right now I'm I'm deeply involved in a uh, medical drama from 2018. <laughs> And that's all I've been watching for the past month. Okay, Miss EMT. <laughs> I like to watch them do CPR because without fail, they do it about three times too fast. Like, it's like, whoa, whoa. If his heart wasn't beating, it's not sure right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's your official uh, medical diagnosis for uh, the people being stabbed so far? Is, uh, is Odysseus going to make it with his big spear wound? He's gonna walk it off. <laughs> Do you run into many of those? Yes, and I give the same medical advice every time, which is just uh, slap a band-aid on that bad boy. Yeah, okay. Take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> so is the official Taylor Swift expert of uh, of this now. Um, yeah. What what Taylor Swift song would you assign as the main theme of these three books? Ooh. See, it's a little bit tough because I only have about four to five songs in my head to pick from. Um, it's not Love Story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe White Horse? <laughs> I can't believe you wouldn't choose the obvious option, Cleo. Wait, but White Horse is pretty no, good she's, because, she, you know. She's onto something. They did steal White Horses. <laughs> that's they stole did. white horses 
and B, B, the Achaean army is waiting for Achilles to be him on his white horse to come around, and he's never going to come around. <laughs> okay. Pretty yeah, good, guys. Good... Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's off pretty the cuff. Good. I'm kind of impressed with that. <laughs> the obvious one I thought, I thought you might have gone with anti-hero oh we did that one already didn't we yeah but it's so good for Odysseus it's true uh, <laughs> anti-hero fits a lot of these fucking people aren't <laughs> turns out when you're a good man because you do murder really good you might have some moral flaws it's me hi I'm the problem it's me <laughs> <laughs> All right. You think Achilles knows that he's the problem? No, absolutely not. That's true. Yeah. There's no not till not little patty little baby. Not till his little boyfriend says says Achilles, please. Yeah. Patty baby. Patty baby. <laughs> patty baby. <laughs> That's I think how we should refer to Patroclus. I am not ever gonna. Patroclus. I'm never gonna fucking call him Patty. Patty B. Patty baby. Patty B. Rap. All right. Well. <laughs> I think that's been good for um, today. <laughs> I think we'll do a... Is there anything we should touch on in 11? Probably. It's just, uh, it's just bad. Yeah, that one's just stabbing. Lots of stabbing. Can we at least... Can, can I read my favorite murder scene? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let me it's a true crime podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but first we actually... If we were true crime true crime podcast we've got to show like brutal you know images of the murder without asking for consent from their family or something like and that. then and then linking to our patreon page yeah right right i'm sure there's okay. like some etchings or something um oh i thought this was odysseus not odysseus who did this murder sorry guys okay do we want to yeah. hear it yeah how do you say his name? Atreides? Atreides? How do you say Atreides? that guy's name? Atreides? Atreides. 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 Yeah. Like Paul? Yeah. Like is, Paul is that not where that comes from? I yes. always assumed, but I did not know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Atreides killed him, dismounted, cutting away his arms with a sword stroke free of the shoulder and sent him spinning like a log down the battle. <laughs> That's my favorite word. <laughs> Yeah, I can just imagine, you know, when you're like a little child and you see a big grassy hill. <laughs> Long time, except this one's for real. Actually, you're way more aerodynamic for spinning if they cut the arms off because you're just, there's like nothing in the way. Yeah, but I'm wondering if he like started spinning kind of circularly because he still had the shoulder, you know? So every time Ooh. he spun around, he was thwacking <laughs> it and it kind of moved his... You know, center of motion a little bit each time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all I wanted to talk about in 11. All right, for next time, it'll be books 12 to 14. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Oh, follow our Twitter. Hold on. I, I'll um, just, I'll, I'll link the fuck it. No, let me say uh, it now that I've made it. You don't hold on. With a password. Hold on. Or, okay. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at underscore Melian Dialogue. <laughs> Great plug. Good work. All right. Thanks. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>